Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Shameless Self-Promotion. Episode 220, We React to News. So, Jamin, I hear you got your new M1 Max macbook pro yeah i did uh and i am not using it yet at least not here <laughs> well it, I, I was playing with it like till midnight last night and uh but the one thing i didn't do was test it for podcasting so i didn't want to take the chance christmas came early i guess no seriously seriously i'm i was just i was actually on stream so i was streaming uh, as you all know i'm sure everybody in the audience knows by now and everybody has tuned in by now right uh, twitch.tv slash Jamin Holmgren. I've been twi- uh, Twitch streaming some live coding uh, for, I don't know, a couple, month or two, something like that. Yeah, a couple months, I think. And I do that on Monday, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific. And I go until about 1 p.m. And I was on stream and I noticed a notification on my Apple Watch that my, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very apparently Apple centric here, uh, that it had been delivered. So I ran downstairs, grabbed it, came back upstairs and actually unboxed it on stream. So that was pretty fun. And, uh, we could maybe even link to it in the show notes, my unboxing there, but, uh, it's pretty sweet. I had to get, so I was actually pretty impressed by the migration assistant. Actually, mm-hmm. it was like, I, I didn't expect it to be as smooth as it actually went, but I was able to migrate over and then get it up and running and actually compile and run a React Native app without, well, at least on the iOS side, without any messing around. Uh, of course, it was doing emulation, so I had to do some uh, installing of different apps and stuff to, to make sure I got the right ARM version for the new architecture and stuff. But yeah, it, it looks pretty sweet. That's awesome. Can't wait to hear how you sound on the new one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll, sm- I'll sound uh, a lot smarter than <laughs> I have, which is a relief to everybody. And the days of the fan running in the background are probably gone. Oh, well. Yeah, I had them side by side, and I was just hitting enter on both of them for the same, you know, operation, just to kind of see, you know, whether it's faster or not. And I, like, the one I'm on right now recording this is a 2019 i9, pretty specced out. So it's not, it's no slouch. Like, it's a pretty decent mm-hmm. computer. But... Uh, yeah, it was definitely faster in a lot of things. It was actually slower in a couple of things, but it was because it was doing emulation or whatever it's doing where it was running Rosetta. Rosetta basically allows you to run, uh, Intel, you know, apps compiled for Intel on the ARM processor. And so anything that was running Rosetta was slightly slower, usually not that much, but a little bit slower. But like when I installed, uh, I don't use Chrome, I use Brave, pretty much the same thing, but, Mm -hmm. uh, and installed the, so I was, I was navigating around with Brave and it was like pretty much normal, what I expected. And then I installed the ARM version of Brave and it's just so snappy. Very brave of you. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Dad jokes. Nice. Dad joke. Uh, so yeah, let, I guess we could get started here. I'm Jamin Holmgren, your host and friendly CTO of Infinite Red. I only have so much time because I need to jump over and start playing with my new MacBook Pro, as Mazen so helpfully pointed out. 
I am joined today by my fabulous co-hosts, John Major and Mazin. Harris is still in Helsinki, I think. Uh, he's over there. I don't know how much Finnish he knows, but, um, you know, knowing him, he, he's probably fluent. <laughs> uh, John Major Condon is a senior... Not in Helsinki. Not in Helsinki. <laughs> He is a senior software engineer here at Infinite Red, lives in Janesville, Wisconsin. He's editor-in-chief of the React Native newsletter. What's up, John Major? Hey, hey. I just uh, got a new truck. Not the truck, but I'm driving a F-350 temporarily. So Wait, so there is a I thought you yeah. already no, got a new truck this no, year. No, no, Not already, but uh, it's coming. It's being built. It's almost here, potentially next week. So just just for my sake and our viewers, <laughs> this is the one that you bought the wrong one and then got the new one? Oh, yeah. The story okay. continues. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that you hadn't got, got it delivered yet. That's, yeah, that's something else. I, so you have a temporary one. What, it's just uh, a loner from... Yeah, from just a loner. Uh, they're just letting me hang out with it. And um, yeah, it's F-350, so it's bigger. It's a diesel as well, dually. So mm. it's pretty interesting. Much Ed. different than, than what I'm getting. <laughs> hmm. you, you wouldn't fit in very well in downtown Portland. Oh, I'm sure I wouldn't. <laughs> in Janesville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Most definitely. Mazen Chami is a senior software engineer here at Infinite Red, pr former pro soccer player and coach, lives in Durham, North Carolina. Mazen, are you driving around in a giant pickup truck? No, a very quiet car. That is my Tesla. Uh, do you, you have a Tesla. That's right. Yeah. I, I did move that. from a Dodge Charger Hemi to a Tesla. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. It See, is you like quiet. big engines too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, this episode is sponsored by Dodge and Ford, apparently. <laughs> uh, also, Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a premier React Native design and development agency located fully remote in the US and Canada. As far as I know, we are one of the only agencies out there that only does React Native. Uh, we just focus entirely on React Native. We have done it since 2015 when it came out. We have people that are pretty much, I would say, experts at all things React Native. So if you're looking for React Native expertise, consulting, uh, if you need to get it off on the right foot, just hit us up. You can learn more on our website, infinite.red slash React Native. Don't forget to mention that you heard about us through the React Native radio podcast. And also imagine working with this awesome team. You don't need to have a Tesla or a giant F-350, uh, <laughs> but you do need to have some experience writing React Native code, go to careers.infinite.red. We hire pretty much only in the US and Canada at this point, but we are fully remote within those two countries. All right, let's get into our topic for today. Uh, this is our recurring episode for we, Rea we React to News. So there's often like small bits of news that come out that don't necessarily warrant like a whole episode, but we collect those and uh, a lot of this is John Major because he's doing this for the newsletter, but he comes up with some some ideas and, and throws them into our Slack channel. And then we come up with, you know, four or five of these that we want to talk about. So today we have uh, we have four of them that we're going to talk about a lot of Expo news. Uh, our friends over at Geeky Ants have some some news about native base. We are going to talk about faster bundling and React Native and also React 3 Fiber, which is kind of a fun one. Uh, let's start off with the Expo news. What's uh, what's going over at Expo, John Major? Expo SDK 43. Hot off the presses. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe this this one came out a few weeks ago, actually. And yeah. in Expo SDK 43 land, there is uh, Expo modules, which replaces Unimodules. And I believe we're updating Ignite to use Expo. Am I correct? We are. 
Yeah, we actually have a, a pull request in flight right now. It should land by the time this thing is out. So Unimodules is interesting. It, it essentially allows you to, or allows Expo to expose their Expo modules to non-Expo projects. I always say Expo gives away too much stuff, and this is kind of an example of it. But uh, they, they're actually, they said it was essentially kind of a little bit confusing. So they're moving away from the Unimodules uh, package and they're moving toward Expo as a runtime package instead, or maybe not a runtime, a build time package that kind of links everything up and, and makes it work. So these uh, allow you to use Expo's very high quality third-party packages. So we yeah, we are going to be moving over uh, Ignite to use the new Expo package. Uh, so in the in a while back, there was like Expo Kit. And I don't remember, we're probably going to have to have Brent on again to talk about this, you know, to kind of straighten all this stuff out. But essentially, the package is called Expo now, not Expo Kit, not Expo CLI. They're, those are other things. And it's not Unimodules anymore. It's just Expo. And it's pretty light, but it allows you to then use Expo packages within your non-Expo project or Expo project, obviously. So what else is new in the Expo corner of the world, uh, especially, I guess, New stuff in SDK 43. Looks like EAS build is released. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually talked about this back in uh, React Native Radio 191 with Brent. Oh, yeah. With Brent, yeah. I wasn't available for that one, sadly. Yeah, it was a good one. I really enjoyed chatting with Brent, and uh, we can link to that in the show notes so everybody can get caught up on that. But that was that was good to, to talk about EAS build. I actually got a chance to use EAS, EAS build in uh, on stream. Uh, I don't know if people know this, but I've been streaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep saying this. Do tell. Yeah. I actually changed my Twitter handle. If you don't follow Jamin on Twitch, please do. Great content. And you're going to hear about it through the rest of this podcast. Thank you, Mazen. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> it's really fun. I love it. It's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. But I got a chance to use EAS build. Brent was actually in the stream chat and he was talking with me about it and uh we i used it to release a beta version of chain react conf app which i will get back to actually i switched over to some other stuff that's actually really exciting too we'll get a chance to talk about that on the podcast at some point too uh but uh, not there yet if you want to know what that's all about it's pretty exciting just tune into twitch there's also React Native 0.64.2, which is a few uh, few versions behind on on Expo. They they are going to be getting caught up here in the next SDK, but uh, they're just very very cautious about upgrading to the next React Native. They do a lot of testing. Uh, React 17 as well, uh, and so that's that's a, a bump there for Expo SDK 43. So the next thing on our list is coming out of our friends uh, Geeky Ants in India. Native base 3.0. Mazen, what's that all about? Yeah, so they've done a lot of stuff with this latest version of native base. And uh, the blog post, which I think we'll link uh, in the show notes, kind of goes over everything. But they have a lot of different improvements to, to, their, um, to their library. One big one was themability. So you kind of have the ability to set up your own colors and your own type scale, for example, with your, font, with your specific fonts. And that kind of carries over throughout throughout your application. I think one, you know, one large overarching idea here is this is a, it's much, it's a very small package that also helps make your app look clean and also kind of match your own design template. You know, theming yeah. usually does that and that's really good there. One thing that I also noticed was they're using now React Native Aria to help you with the, with their 
accessibility hooks out of the box. And that's really good. We've, we've talked about them in the past where we should probably start putting accessibility high on our list of developers since you know we have a large base of users out there that use applications these days. So that's, that's one thing. There's also, you know, one thing most apps usually don't tend to do is like a kitchen sink template. Mm -hmm. Geeky Ants kind of have their own, I think you kind of run the application and it's almost like a storybook version of Geeky Ants in their own, in their own style. And you get to see everything in action from their avatars to their buttons, to their switches and so on. And I think that's really cool because it shows you them in action as it would in your application and kind of diving into another point, if you're looking at the GIF or GIF, you'll see they have the ability <laughs> to toggle between dark mode and light mode. And that's, that's a really cool feature. So you can get, kind of get to see both of them as, as a user would. Yeah, that's really cool. Really quickly on the accessibility side of it, uh, which you touched on, um, I, I feel like uh, that's something that keeps coming more and more to the forefront. We're doing some projects right now where accessibility is a first class citizen and we're going to try to do more. But there's actually a severe lack of information out there about React Native accessibility. There's a fair amount about web, like React stuff, but there aren't that many talks or... I was actually looking for like a really good course. I, I really would... I would love to see a course about accessibility in React Native. Haven't really seen anything. If anybody in the audience knows of anything, please tweet it at me. I, I would really appreciate it. It would be very helpful. Uh, we just want to continue to get better and better at it. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing, React Native Aria is also built by Geeky Ants. So that's kind of really cool that they kind of have the plug and play between the two of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one other, a couple other things I kind of wanted to bring up was they, they give you the ability to have a responsive app. Now, some of you might be thinking, isn't that usually specifically tied to web? But from what I'm, from what I'm gathering, if you were to put your breakpoints in the right spot, you can essentially build your React Native app and it would transform or be responsive to whatever device screen that you have, including tablets. And according to this picture here, it can also translate to what I'm assuming is React Native Web also. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. All in one code base, similar. You don't have to do something simple, simple like you know checking the platform to then show different components. Rather, these breakpoints kind of handle it very smooth and seamlessly. So um, that's something that's pretty cool where you know React Native now can be fully responsive with web. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty seamless because the breakpoints do sit in the theme, correct? Yes. And then like the components end up digesting what's in the theme for those breakpoints. And so you can do basically all your sizing within your components that you know you need to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They have every single component in this library has a lot of props and they're they're very, you know, self-explanatory explanatory what they are. And they are very helpful in getting you to put in the breakpoints, put in the specific colors. Uh, if you want to round a corner, for example, those are all, all there. Oh, nice. Um, and specifically pull from your themes, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I can see how that'd be really helpful. I, I'd like to at some point try Native Base uh, 3 and, and see how it goes. Can, can that theme be installed, I guess, separate from Native Base, the library itself? That's a good question. I'm not... I'm not sure. So you're, you, you're specifically mentioning the uh, theming aspect of it? Yeah. I would assume so, because when you're setting it up, you would essentially set up, you would extend a theme, which comes from their library, and you would set mm -hmm. up your theme, you know, whether it's colors and fonts and all that. And you could essentially set up your own provider to handle the theme oh, sure. down the chain. Yeah. So 
I would say yes, but if they're already giving you all that setup, I feel like it's just easier to because you're already importing the entire installing the entire library as is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, really looks like they're they're going beyond just sort of like your your typical to do app here and giving you a lot of flexibility to to go cross platform, cross uh, screen size, uh, of course, different themes and and uh, components and kitchen sink it's it's good stuff i mean you know geeky ants uh we've known them for many years and they've been a part of chain react over the years and you know we we like uh collaborating with them on various things so it's it's been uh, cool to see native base evolve during this time and if if you are using native base 2.0 uh one point they have at the bottom is they will only be supporting critical bugs until march 22 so okay, um, very probably good probably good to look into migrating to 3.0, and with some of these features that they're outlining here, I think it sounds like it's much probably it's worth very it. worth yeah. the the transition. So this is actually technically out of Expo as well. Evan Bacon, I think, uh, has been working on this, but drastically faster bundling in React Native. Uh, John Major, what's what's that all about? Yeah, so in Expo, uh, there's the Expo CLI, and there's this new experimental exotic transformer i love that mm. exotic it's just <laughs> joe exotic oh let's let's hope not yeah is it is it timed with with tiger king 2 coming out uh it kind of seems suspicious Sounds timing like there i mean that would be good <laughs> promoing right uh but yeah i mean the new exotic transformer uh improves the Build times by approximately two times and Mm -hmm. decreases the final bundle size by up to 18%, Mm. which is great. That's nice to get for free (laughs) right out of the box. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. And it seems like essentially, he has a blog post about this. We'll link to that. But the the biggest thing is is transforming, Um, you know, because obviously you're using language features that aren't supported in in the runtime. You're, you know, doing various, you know, imports and exports and et cetera you know, like you have to transform the code. And so essentially Metro's, Metro is, is transforming every, every file and it's using Babel under the hood. So Evan took that on and uh, shipped a new transformer or well, is working on a new transformer at least that is, is really, it looks, it looks pretty cool. I'm, I've been wanting this for a long time. I even did a little experimental uh, kind of looking into maybe supporting ES build, which is incredibly fast for, React Native, but that's a that's a more difficult problem than it seems on the outside. <laughs> there's a lot to it, so I'm glad that Expo has been taking this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also some more um, inside the Expo CLI. There is the Fig autocomplete support, mm. which is, I guess, basically what VS Code style complete does um, by the GIF or GIF, <laughs> depending on your dialect. I can't really tell. What is the difference here? But for the most part, you get autocomplete, a better autocomplete. So good stuff. Uh, lastly, the fun thing here is uh, that QR code when you run uh, Metro is much smaller because <laughs> uh, that QR code used to be very big. <laughs> so just a little fun thing. Yet, yet again, Expo kind of going above and beyond and making it harder to to not choose Expo for your next project. Yeah, sometimes I feel like we're we're just uh, Expo fans over here on this podcast. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, there, there's other cool stuff happening, but Expo is providing a lot of the momentum in the community. So we got to recognize that. Um, cool. Well, speaking of other people in the community, we do have this cool... Well, actually, Mazen, can you explain what React 3 Fiber is? So React 3 Fiber is a 
React renderer for 3.js. If you're not familiar with 3.js is, 3.js is a JavaScript 3D library. So mm-hmm. this would essentially be a web React specific library that gives you 3D modeling. So you can kind of, let's, let's take Jamin's M1 Mac, Max Pro, for example. Mm-hmm. Imagine kind of that MacBook kind of floating in the air and kind of rotating, opening up, um, all done via a 3D model. That could be something that you could do via React 3 Fiber. Now with version 8, they've added React Native support. So you can essentially now use this quote-unquote React library in your React, next React Native project and kind of put in that 3D animation in your project now. How often do we see that in applications these days? Not much, maybe because it didn't necessarily exist before for React Native. Now it does. So I, I think this is a pretty cool um, next step. So yeah, so now your React Native apps can support some 3D rendering um, right within using this library. Uh, and just as a quick caveat, this does require React 18, which is still in beta as of today when we're recording this podcast. So that, that, that could change. So I have lots of questions. This is available in React Native, right? Mm-hmm. And how is it rendering in React Native? Like, is it using like an OpenGL canvas or something like that? Instead of WebGL on the on the website of things, is it some sort of OpenGL thing? Uh, yes. So oh. it can you know, run the same code on the, the native OpenGLs mm-hmm. um, without WebView and like WebGLs right. and stuff like that. So it's using native OpenGLs. That's really cool. So you get native performance on iOS and Android mm-hmm. cross-platform. And then on web, you've got WebGL native uh absolutely performance there yes. that's you don't cool. yeah, you don't have to worry about you know making sure you have web views and optimizing for that you're now getting you know direct plug to native you know what interesting uh expo gl <laughs> i think jamin should play with this on his twitch stream oh uh, I, did i mention i don't know if i mentioned jamin's twitch stream <laughs> <laughs> you know i actually have a really cool so we you know you can go to at jamin holmgren obviously on on twitch but we actually got a really cool domain rn.live because it's react native live is what i call my my series so rn.live so very simple. cool domain love it yeah super easy to remember you know what's weird about plus that? we'll remind you at&t who i use for my internet provider says that mm-hmm. website is spam <laughs> Interesting. Well, it depends on the uh, on the day. I may be spamming people, like right now. Yeah, yeah, spamming in this podcast. <laughs> so if you can't get there by rn.live, you you can just go to twitch.tv slash Jamin Holmgren. So apparently, Expo's behind this too. Expo GL, uh, they use GL View, uh, kind of to 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 bring this in. I assume this is some sort of uh, native integration. I haven't looked into it deeply, but. Yeah, they're they're still working on it. Uh, V8 mm-hmm. is not out yet. They did mm-hmm. announce that it's available on native. So if if you're if you want to try it out, you'd have to pull a, a specific mm-hmm. branch to to I get see. the um, React Native support. But other than that, I think once once they're done, I think we'll have some more documentation on how to actually install it. Well, React Three Fiber people, if you want to talk about that on the podcast, reach out to me. Jamin at infinite.red. I'm happy to chat with you and see uh, see if we can schedule something. It'd be really fun. Cool. That was our three, four quick hits, I guess. Uh, and not only that, but we have a weird bug today. We're bringing back this section whenever we have one. I noticed on Twitter that 
Mike Cavalier, which by the way, that's a fantastic last name, Cavalier. I'm I play Age of Empires sometimes, and Cavaliers are like knights that have been upgraded. That's really cool. Oh, I was thinking basketball. <laughs> yeah, the Cavaliers, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. But still the same thing. <laughs> On device, let's see here. So he okay. So Mike tweeted, and this caught my eye. He said Solve the frustrating React Native issue this morning. If you're debugging on a real Android device and your on-press handlers don't work, they might be registering as on long press due to, and this is this is crazy. So I don't know, it's wild. Due to the device's internal time not matching your computer's internal time. Definitely so, a different category for a weird bug. Oh my goodness. So apparently what it's doing is like checking the time when the press starts and then the time that it ends and somehow the date is being sampled from your device versus or like sorry the 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 client device versus your computer i don't know but it's it's registering as a long press which is wow uh he says you can test this by by running adb shell quote date unquote and and date and if they don't match exactly this is your problem and he says to fix it disable and, and re-enable automatic time calculation on both the device and the laptop reboot both hmm. and then there is another solution that he links to on react navigations github repo it is uh it's something else it's it's quite a i'm, I'm sure that was very frustrating to figure out i'm i'm not even sure how he figured it yeah, out but exactly yeah. that is a weird bug yeah and I do see that there is a open issue on the GitHub for React Native. So I think mm. you know it has been brought to Facebook's attention. And I'm right. assuming there'll probably be a fix for this soon. Wow, that's crazy. Time of device and host machine out of sync. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is something else. But anyway, just, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you're on Android and you're noticing your on on presses aren't working, you know, maybe throw an on long press and see and throw up an alert and see if it, if it's doing that instead. All right. I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, where can people find you? John major at John major C and Mazen at Mazen Chami. And you can find me on Twitch <laughs> at rn.live. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> just twitch what about the podcast i'm i'm missing the podcast yeah uh sometimes on the podcast <laughs> at react native rdio and of course you can find me at jamin holmgren on both twitch and twitter in fact if i type in tw does it go to twitch or does it go to twitter it still goes to twitter so i'm still a little bit heavier on the twitter side but twitch is 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 creeping up there one fact for me it no longer brings up twitter what does it bring up? twitch Oh, it does bring up Twitch. See, I'm so proud of you, Mazen. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. As always, thanks to your our producer and editor, Todd Wirth, our assistant editor and episode release coordinator, Jed Bartoski, our social media coordinator, Missy Warren, our designer, Justin Husky, and our guest coordinator, Derek Greenberg, who also helps me with the Twitch stream. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out, infinite.red slash react native. Special thanks to all of you for bearing with all of my spam today. Make sure to subscribe on all the major podcasting platforms and on Twitch. Look for React Native Radio. Reminder that Infinite Red is hiring React Native engineers. If you're a senior level React Native engineer located in the US or Canada, go to careers.infinite.red. We'll see you all next time. Bye. On Twitch. <laughs> RN.live. <laughs> <laughs>